Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Steven Serta. Wild card matchup weekend between the Kansas City Chiefs and Miami Dolphins on Saturday night. So we got plenty to catch up on from this past week of coverage. Getting ready for this massive playoff matchup is Tyreek Hill returns to Arrowhead Stadium in what's expected to be one of the coldest games of the NFL season. We'll start things off with the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, discussing their marinated takeaways on the Chiefs' 2023 regular season as a whole. After that, it's out of structure, discussing their postseason vibes ahead of this playoff matchup. After that, it's Chiefs Coast to Coast, just previewing this wild card matchup on Saturday night. Then we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll catch up with the Great British Chiefs Show, continuing our Chiefs Dolphins preview. After that, we'll wrap things up with Show and BK discussing what the Chiefs need to do when they have the ball on Saturday night to get a win. Got everything you need to know ahead of this playoff matchup on Saturday night, all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Well, I'm going to let this marinate. You know, let that one marinate, and then we can circle back. Adapt. React. Readapt. Takes time. It takes years. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, it is time for those world-famous marinated takeaways. John, it's been 30 minutes. We haven't even talked about this yet. We had quite a little bit of a hiatus because of scheduling <laughs> for the editor's show. So uh, rather than this just being marinated takeaways on the Gabbert Chiefs and their success, I am elongating the, the span here to the entire 2023 season. And with that, I'd like to welcome in uh, everyone's favorite Grinch, Steve Serta, into the, the, our Arrowhead Pride podcast producer, into the program. And Steve, uh, we will start with you. What is your 2023 marinated, first 2023 marinated takeaway from the Chiefs? Well, thank you for uh, letting me go first after that incredible introduction. Yeah, of Um, course. (laughs) So I I thought a lot about these, like my my overall feelings on this Kansas City Chiefs team in this season. And I feel like this is a conversation that we have had in years past, but it to me, it makes the most sense right now, more so than it ever has before in the Patrick Mahomes era, that this offseason is one that is going to be one of the most important offseasons uh, for, for the Chiefs' future and, and their ability to continue to try to be in Super Bowls and continue to try to be you know, the top team in the conference because we're seeing all these other teams really kind of ascend right now. And the draft class is got some really good quarterback talent. And there's just a lot of guys in the league right now that are really, really talented. And the chiefs have more question marks this off season than they have in any recent off season. And we're talking about an off season where 
you know, they had to rebuild the entire offensive line and they lost the Super Bowl because uh, of that offensive line group from the year before. And so that was a big thing. And then this past offseason, it's Chris Jones and, you know, they trade Tyreek Hill away two years ago and then it's the wide receivers and like they found a one year fix for the wide receiver group. And now it's kind of in shambles again outside of Rasheed Rice. But as far as the free agents that they have that potentially are going to hit the market, the decisions that they have to make, they still don't have answers at the tackle position on either side, really, that you feel totally comfortable with. Yep. Travis Kelsey is clearly slowing down and is clearly not the same superstar player that we've come to know and love, even though I still know, think that he is a great player. He's just he's lost steps, 34 years old. And then all of the defensive question marks where I, I think this is the best version of the Chiefs defense that we are going to have for a long time, barring them just absolutely continuing to knock these draft picks out of the park. And so there's a lot of tough decisions that are going to be made this offseason that are going to have huge ripple effects for the future and how competitive they are here in the future, because we know they're going to be competitive. We know they're always going to be a, a perennial playoff team, as long as Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback, and Andy Reid's their head coach. But as far as truly like AFC powerhouse, you are the best team in the conference. You're the favorite to win a Super Bowl every year. I think this offseason is going to have a lot to say uh, about the future and, and what we, and what our expectations should be. And after this season, we should probably dial back the expectations here and there because, uh, it was a very frustrating season for Chiefs fans, but I think that's only because the expectations are so absurdly high for this team at this point. And the NFL is designed that way too. I mean, as you have more success, it's tougher to keep the success going. And that's why you, for the most part, right? I mean, I think there's probably 25 teams that feel like, okay, we can make the playoffs this year. There are those six that you're like, oh, I don't know how this year's going to go. Um, but But that's part of how the NFL designs it. This is why we love bringing Steve on to the editor show. You know, if I am a positive yin, he is a negative yang. And that that <laughs> makes for the balance that we need. I'm with you, though. I think it's an important offseason. I wanted to add a point to your point, Steve. There was uh, something that you should remember. And this is a throwback. But Patrick Mahomes restructured his contract. John, you, you're more into this than I am. But uh, the roster bonus time changed. And so this is going to be a very complicated offseason as to I think the Chiefs trying to figure out how much money they need to create to make sure that uh, there is flexibility you can surround Patrick Mahomes with talent uh, it used to be around March and now uh, it is in May so this will allow you to kind of figure out how the rest of the offseason goes before you could hit those guaranteed mechanisms up to create more cap space if you need to John am I missing any explanation no no that's a that's an excellent point uh Pete and I and I think it's one that we didn't really fully appreciate at the time the contract was restructured right because it's one of those things that people really don't pay that much attention to most people just focus on the average per year and because the salary cap is so difficult to understand but this is kind of a big deal yeah because um a lot of people just didn't get that after mid-march usually I think it was um St. Patty's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Great March seventeenth. <laughs> they would pay him his uh, guaranteed money for the season, and at that point, they had the opportunity to create some cap space by turning some of it into signing bonus. And once that was done, they couldn't do it anymore. And now, simply by moving that date until after the draft, that opens up the possibility for them to decide how much money they need when they know how much money they're going to need. 
Right. Because, you you know, if if things had been a little different in this season, it's not hard to imagine they could have come up with a wide receiver during the offseason program uh, right, that, right. that would have made a difference. You know, so on. And you could carry this out on any number of different levels. But they thought they'd get Chris Jones signed to a deal and they didn't. And now they've put a, a system in place so that if that happens again, they'll be better uh, able to deal with it. So I think that's a very underrated aspect of what they did with his contract restructure. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how they navigate that with Mahomes' contract at creating more room when they need it. And it does just offer the personnel staff more clarity on how to approach all of these situations. All right, John, let's go to your first marinated takeaway of the 2023 NFL season. Well, I think it's mostly just about expectations. Um, I think that it's real easy for us to forget how far we've come in such a short time. You know, um, I mean, yes, since Patrick Mahomes became the starter, we've become this team that uh, has succeeded beyond anybody's wildest dreams. And yet, we forget that once upon a time, making the playoffs was a laudable goal in and of itself. And um, I, I'm really surprised that so many fans are so upset mm. by failing to get the, the top postseason seed and, uh, you know, not beating other teams by huge scores. Look, the Chiefs haven't been beating other teams by huge scores, even with Mahomes, because as you know, Pete, that's the way that the league is built. Right. And it's just that this year they've had enough problems that some of those games have gone the other way. How many of these games have been because of turnovers and one play that went the wrong way for the Chiefs? And uh, so I think that that's something we need to remember, not only in the playoffs this season, but in the years to come. Um, you know, even the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl every year. They may have won their division every year, and the Chiefs did that. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and uh they're approaching that record they're, they're at eight now yeah, and yeah they could get to 11 i i think patriots is a good team to bring up because that was very clearly the most important impressive run in nfl mm -hmm. history sure and they went six in 20 years there were 14 seasons where they did not win the title i also think uh and this will build builds into my uh first merit to take away i've said this in a number of places but i just want to reiterate it here the AFC is going to be sick if the Chiefs advance this year. We mentioned house money. Uh, this is one of the more flawed Chiefs teams, probably the most flawed team, especially offensively, of the Patrick Mahomes era. And building a little off Steve's point, too, they're going to fix this offense as far as weapons they have in this offseason. This is the window right now. This playoffs is the window for teams like the Buffalo Bills, for teams like the Baltimore Ravens, for a team – uh, even like the Miami Dolphins. I mean, they have to win this game on on uh, Saturday because uh, it just is the best opportunity with, with the Chiefs on the ropes, so to speak, to go for the knockout. And if they manage uh, to still win this tournament and get to the Super Bowl, the AFC should be sick. This is their opportunity. <laughs> I mean, really, it, it they should be physically ill that they were not able to accomplish it because – I think, you know, to an, a lot of the disappointed fans point, I, I'm with you. I think, you know, it, it is smart to remember eight or nine years ago that the playoffs were the goal. But that being said, I, I think this offense is going to be back, quote unquote, next year. They identified Rasheed Rice as a guy. I think to Steve's point, they now know 
that Travis Kelsey probably more of a a high end uh, two or low end one and may need to bolster the tight end position. I think they've established that Isaiah Pacheco can be that guy. They kind of have really, I think, figured out their identity. They do need to add pieces for 2024, but it's going to be way better. And so here's the opportunity for the rest of the AFC. And if they don't do it, and I think the Chiefs are among those who could make a run here, nauseating. Other teams should should could, should throw up uh, if they're not able to <laughs> win the AFC championship this year. All right, Steve, let's go back to you for your second and final marinated takeaway of 2023. This is another one just, you know, thinking of, of their needs and, and the issues that they've had this season. And this is really just me leaning into uh, how I would uh, construct things for the future. And I think the biggest decision that I that I think starts immediately when the offseason begins is how do you get Legereus Sneed on a long-term deal for the Chiefs? Um, you know, coming into the season, I think the thought uh, amongst us and, and, and a lot of people who covered the Chiefs was like, yeah, Sneed will probably hit free agency like Charvarius Ward did because – you know, all offseason, it was Chris Jones. You got to get the Chris Jones deal done. And there was virtually nobody talking about Legereus Sneed. Like, I know. this is a fourth-round pick guy who's headed into a free agency year, and, and there's been nothing. Like, there's been no conversations uh, about an extension here in Kansas City. And the level that he's played at this season, and it's just something that he's built and built and built. Every year, he's come back better for the Kansas City Chiefs. And now you have Trent McDuffie, who's got an opportunity to continue to build on what has been a tremendous second season. I just think it, it's really rare that you have two corners like that, that are young and talented, who are guys that you drafted and developed that are legitimate cornerstones of your defense, where you know we see these secondaries just fall apart really fast in the NFL, and you got two young guys who have a chance to legitimately be the best cornerback tandem in the NFL over the next several years. I think that's something that you spend money on. And, and that's something that you invest in because and when we saw the chiefs let Charvarius Ward go, like I was fine with that. Charvarius Ward was a really underrated corner for the chiefs for a long time. And he's been tremendous for the San Francisco 49ers. Like, but I don't regret them letting Charvarius Ward go because the chiefs had something in place in Legereus Sneed already. But right. I, I just think that, they're the guys that those kinds of guys like Legereus need is the kind of guy that you draft and you pay and you keep around because he has been that good for you and that valuable for your defense. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm with you and you, you start to wonder what that means for the rest of the, the team build. Like I know everyone is obsessed with wide receiver in round one this year, but what if they were able to get someone like T Higgins in free agency, would they make sure to sign Legereus need and then have to go, defensive tackle in round one trade up to get an, an impact player there uh that's where also the development of felix and adike Azama, who had an all right game yesterday and i think his strength program is going to be huge for uh the chiefs and their build uh, as you go here but it it does make you think about chris jones and and i think there was optimism on the team side that they would get something done and maybe that would have led to contracts for a legerious need um you know, other players that, that needed to be signed, but it, it just played out how it played out. Uh, Chris Jones yesterday in an interview was just straight up like, I lost money in my holdout. That's why I'm getting my money back. And he was excited <laughs> about that. But, uh, you know, they, they, it, the situation played out as it did. I don't think anyone's really happy with the result, but it, it's led to some tough decisions coming up in this uh, next offseason. All right, John, uh, your final marinated takeaway of 2023's regular season. 
I kind of touched on this a couple of weeks ago uh, before we went on our holiday break, as it were. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting that the wide receiver core in 2023 wasn't that much different than it was in 2022. And, um, and even at the end, Rasheed Rice ended up being pretty much a one for one replacement for Juju yeah. Smith Schuster. Um, so why was it different? Why did we have so many of these players, uh, suddenly dropping the ball more often, and although still a percentage, not all of their, their throws right. or not all the passes that went to them were dropped. Um, why did that happen? And I, I mentioned that in a situation like this, maybe we should be thinking about Patrick Mahomes because he's the common factor in all of those passes. Um, and I looked at some numbers today, and um, in 2023, he had the lowest QBR of his career mm-hmm. at 62.9, the lowest passer rating uh, uh, as a starter at 92.6. That's not a good number for Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. The, uh, but what goes into that passer rating, the biggest chunk of it is the interception percentage and the touchdown percentage, um, that he had the highest interception percentage, um, of his career as a starter, 2.3% and the lowest touchdown percentage as a starter, 4.5%, um, and two pick sixes. You know, that's right. not something the Chiefs have typically done is uh, have touchdowns scored on interceptions. Yeah. I think if you took Patrick Mahomes' mistakes out of the equation this year, that he, t- you know, threw a few fewer interceptions, didn't have a fumble or two that he had this year. I mean, he's going to make some mistakes. That just comes with the territory. But if it just come down a little bit, maybe the Chiefs win two more games this year and two more games would have made all the difference in where they are in terms of the playoffs and where people are in terms of their expectations. Nobody be talking about these drops. Right. And I, I just think, and I'm not saying this because I think we need to get rid of Patrick Mahomes or that he's kind (laughs) of falling down or anything like that. Don't misunderstand me. I have complete confidence that he and his coaches that Andy Reid will, they'll figure this out. And he'll be better next year. He'll come back. Well, and yeah, but it's it, we just have to start talking about what's real here. I don't think all the ride receivers got bad all of a sudden. I think that Patrick just is a little bit off this year. Yeah, you're holding your breath as as people start getting injured in that game. You saw it happen around the league and and with the Kansas City Chiefs. So there was obviously some concern there, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was super happy when he got it. And the the way the team reacted, that was, you know, that that was spectacular. Really seeing how excited they were for him, how everybody was pulling for him to get that incentive, uh, it it really made me feel like, hey, there's some positively some good vibes around that that team. Not just that, but also a little bit now going back to the Bengals game. I think there was uh, some positivity there. They were having some fun on the sidelines, which they maybe haven't always seen. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I I I thought this I felt the same way. As soon as he got the sack, the reaction, I was standing up in my living room. You know, I it was it was a very exciting moment too, honestly. Like I I was happy for Chris because, you know, you know, I think we can we can talk about, you know, his his uh his counseling and and you know and and how he got to the point where he needed to to have an incentive like that in his contract to, to get to that point. Uh 
when he missed the first game of the season. But all that to say, the huddle around him on the sideline. Yeah, no, chasing him down. Um, you know, the coaches coming up and hugging him. You know, the there was a good – the Chiefs released a good social clip with, with kind of the mic behind the scenes of that. Um, yeah, no, I think the last two games have been good vibes. I mean, that's that's what you want after a Christmas Day disaster. Like, you know, that's – it was as low vibes as, as possible at that point. And they have really rebounded strong these last two games to go into the postseason. And I think – not only is it a team good vibes, but but it's it's good to to, to make Chris a, a happy man because that this dude's a difference maker, and you saw what he can do when when, when he's properly motivated, and uh, and I don't know, I that w- that was good to see him in the middle just just wrecking stuff. I, I that that's got to be a part in the playoffs if they're if they're going to want to go on a run. Yeah, properly motivated, but also just playing with reckless abandon, right? Like there was no yeah. let's let's wait and see if there's a run. <laughs> there's no like hey maybe yeah, this no, is green. It was just full forward all the time. I'd, I'd say, yeah, there was one play, actually, I remember, I think it was like a third and two. He just got right through, because obviously he's looking for the sack, and it, they happened to run it, and he just, like, you know, he just destroyed the run play. I think someone else cleaned it up, but but it was just hilarious just seeing Chris just, you know, go through them. Easton Stick hopelessly running around. I mean, he, you know, he, he did a good job maneuvering around it, but, uh, but yeah, but... But shout out, shout out the the reserves for finishing off Blaine Gabbert for leading the the game winning field goal drive. That that was good to see. You know, kind of everyone stepping up, right? Um, besides, you know, Chris is obviously the uh, you know one we see every week. But any favorite uh, guys? You know, we don't see a lot of of yours that stepped up on Saturday, Sunday. Excuse me. Yeah, I talked a little bit about it in the winners losers column this week. Um, obviously, Mike Edwards with the big ninety seven yard touchdown. Okay. Um, he's been kind of an up and down player, but he's known to have this nose for the football and, and ability to return uh, for touchdown, which is like the fourth time I think in his career that he's done that. There's also, you know, good, good signs, at least in small bursts out of basically all the other defensive linemen. So I listed Felix, Andy Duque, Uzama, Tershawn Wharton, Neil Farrell, BJ Thompson, Malik Herring. Like there was contributions out of all of those guys which is again what you, what you love to see, dude. Yeah, I, I I'm glad you point out the DL because it was nice to see guys like Neil Farrell for the first time. That dude's big. That dude, uh, that dude's gonna gonna be a space eater if they need him to be in the in the postseason. You know, especially you know in a game coming up like maybe against potentially Miami. You know, if they if they face these run heavy teams. Um, so yeah, Neil Edwards was definitely uh, or Neil Farrell, excuse me, was definitely one I was excited to see more of. How'd you think about uh, B.J. Thompson? The the couple times he kind of seemed to get around the corner. He's long, lanky, but he does fly off the ball, and he he did kind of collapse the pocket. It felt like a couple times. Um, I don't know. It was it was good to see. Yeah, it was good to see yeah. some of the DL. Uh, yeah, a little flashes of promise. It's kind of a nice check in. I keep calling it the preseason of the postseason, which is really you know <laughs> a nice opportunity to see what have these guys been doing all year? Have they developed? Have they gotten better? <clears throat> they look like they can contribute. There's not too many of them that you think are probably going to contribute in this particular postseason, but there's um, there's definitely some that could have a role next year. Now, there is one guy, I thought, who put up a performance this week that gives you at least a glimmer of hope that it could translate, that it could be part of the postseason plan this year, uh, and that was McCole Hardman. Uh, what, what do you think about his uh, his day overall? Yeah, I'd say on offense, we did get a few players that that maybe made a case that that why they should be considered more for postseason PT. But it it led with McColl. I'm going to write about him for the site this week because 
it was good to see the ways he made plays, man. Um, first of all, uh, the strong catching stags, like catching through traffic, like, hello, uh, Chiefs, the Chiefs have been asking that from the receivers all year to be strong, you know, in tight windows, you know, catching, you know, with defenders maybe on them, uh, you know, that's closing. never been like what you know him for, like, <laughs> right. That's the last person you'd ask for them or, you know, seek, uh, you know, for them to get that from, but the way he did it, uh, on, on Sunday was awesome. You know, the first one down the field, you know, he sets up the, the deep crosser well by getting vertical and then coming over, it kind of creates a separation, but the corner, the corner does get on it. The ball does hang a little bit. He has to go up with two hands, which is nice to see, right? He doesn't try to, you know, wait on it. He goes up with two hands and he just shrugs the dude off as he's trying to get the ball away from him. He keeps running for another 10, 15 yards. I mean, just an awesome play, something they need from the receivers, like I said. And and there was another one later in the game where he caught a, a slant over the middle to convert a third down. A linebacker actually was kind of on him, had the hand kind of on the ball at the catch point, shakes it off, runs for another, you know, five, 10 yards. It was good to see that from McColl, man. Now, you know, he did make a, he did kind of, quit on a route late in the game um and and gabbert it wasn't late in the game it was at, before halftime but gabbert uh threw it and it was an interception I, uh we remember that and that's something we've seen from a right you know as a negative thing a lot in the past but uh but yeah that's the thing is is uh mccall is is definitely you know someone that 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 the team could rely on more in the postseason needing more from the receivers in general uh He's he's done it. You know, he's played two. He's won two Super Bowls with this team. You know, it's 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 hard to forget that he was a part of that 2019 team just as much as he was, you know, these the 2022 team this last year. So he's a vet. He's someone that they could kind of lean on maybe in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, McColl had six catches on 77 yards. Um, the longest one, that 37 yard where he got away from the defender. It was on 11 targets, so the efficiency wasn't amazing. There was a couple yeah. of plays where the broadcast crew pointed out that maybe he gave up on a route that caused an interception, and there was the one long pass down the sideline that he caught inbounds, but he had stepped out prior to. So there was a couple little mental mistakes. But I, I kind of think you can take that if, there's the, if the production's there. Well, yeah, just think about who he would be playing over in the postseason potentially. You know, Tony is obviously, you know, lost, uh, you know, like a role on this team to an extent. I mean, you know, Blaine Gabbert thought he was going to play in week 18. If you listen to him heading into the game, um, he was talked about as a reserve along with McColl. Um, Sky is obviously still, still on IR. Richie James, you know, someone that we both, uh, you know, and maybe, you know, I, I think everyone's kind of said, hey, you know, someone that maybe should get more run, but still really hasn't. And, you know, honestly, just doesn't have the same top end, you know, game breaking, you know, like a big play ability like McColl does. And that's the thing with McColl that I, I, I did mention your internet cut out for a second. So so I for the just for the so the people know, uh, I'll, I'll I'll just repeat it for you. But uh, just that, you know, hey, he's been here. He's done that. Right. Like McColl's been for both playoff runs like he was there 2019 and 20 and 2022. So there's a, yeah, there's a good chance that McColl steps up. A big play rookie, McCole Hardman, in the playoffs. Uh, I think that trade to get him back was well, well worth it. Yeah, but he wasn't the only one on offense that I think, you know, again, stated a case that maybe they should get more consideration. A guy like uh, LaMichael Piron, I keep wanting to say Samaj. That is his cousin, who's also a good player in the NFL. But LaMichael Piron, uh, who we all saw in the preseason, could maybe do something. Had a little, had a little uh, movement to him for his size. You know, he's kind of a bigger back. But you saw it in this game. I, you know, what I kind of uh, 
I feel like he just attacked the line of scrimmage as a runner. Um, something that we don't see from the other backs outside of Pacheco. Um, you see it from Pacheco, right? You know, he does have that urgency, that sense of urgency to get to the line of scrimmage, get to the hole, but you don't see it as much from the, you know, the other, like Jarek McKinnon and Clyde, you know, they're more of guys that once they get it, get to the hole, maybe they can, you know, make, make something happen. Uh, but I liked that from Piron. It's something that if they do have to get to a run script in a cold weather game, maybe, you know, in these, and some of these games or when they're defending a lead potentially with this defense, we've talked about, you know, this offense maybe needing to be more relying on the run game, relying on, you know, low scoring affairs. It felt like, you know, having someone like him, maybe instead of Clyde and maybe Clyde can be more of like a pass catching guy if they need him to be. I don't know. I kind of like Pirine as a, as a handoff guy. Did you like what you saw from him? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't spectacular. He had 21 carries for 76 yards, so averaged 3.6 yards per carry. He did have a good catch, a uh, 25-yard catch and run. Um, so I think altogether, yeah, nice. put together a nice game. Yeah, that, that catch and run was nice. Sorry, but uh, he 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 ran that route well. The ball was put on him really well, too. But, yeah, he gained steam. So, yeah, someone so that, yeah. I, I still think he's only a, a deep, deep injury cut type guy. I mean, would you rather have him or Pacheco uh, taking your handoffs? I, I, I think that's pretty clear. Well, yeah. I'm not, Yeah. That's the thing. This is more, uh, yeah. He, he specifically is more, you know, to spell Pacheco or in, in case of, in case of injury more so than yeah. McColl is like, he could, McColl could naturally step up. Right. So it is different in that case. Um, the other instance of that too, though, Stags was, was Joe Tooney kicking out the left tackle, right. In terms of, you know, and and that's that's going to be something a theme of this a theme of this postseason. Hopefully, and we're going to see this uh, today. Actually, uh, Tuesday they'll have practice, and we'll see maybe some designations. But, um, you know, what are they going to do at left tackle? Because Prince Tega Winogo, who you know would be maybe the backup backup left tackle, is on IR still. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, Wanye went out with the concussion in this game, and he's going to be in concussion pr- protocol. They slid Jawan Taylor to left tackle in this game, and and that ended up with him getting hurt right away, although he uh, re-entered the game after that. So, yeah, I think – and and I want your – I mean, what do you think? But, like, this could be a situation where Tooney's the best option for them um, if, if, if all things kind of work out that way at left tackle. Yeah, I've always kind of hated this narrative that, you know, he's somehow the best left tackle on the team and they should slide him out. And some of it I think people look at his contract and like, oh, he makes a lot of money, he should be a left tackle. Uh I, I definitely think he's an emergency option, but he's a really good one. Uh, they, they, you don't want him going through the playoffs with him at, at left tackle. It uh, mixes up the whole line in, in, in some ways. It was interesting in this game, by the way, uh, off topic, though, that they were trying out different players at different positions a little bit. Creed Humphrey played most of the game at guard uh, because Allegretti was playing center with his guy Gabbert. So uh, yeah. there was some, some movement around, some shuffling of that offensive line, some of it on purpose, some of it due to injury. But, you know, the versatility can only help you when it comes to those emergency situations. But you just got to hope you got to hope that uh, that one can go, that, that Taylor can go. Um, you know, I, I don't know that uh, Lucas Niang um, is probably, you know, he's your other option at tackle, uh, but he, he still can't play both sides. So it'll get interesting if, if one or both of those guys can't go. Yeah, right. No, the Tooney thing is definitely, you know, emergency, but it's one of those things where, you know, I think it's a better option than, you know, putting Niang there or sliding Taylor over there and putting Niang at right tackle. I would rather put Allegretti at left guard and put Tooney at left tackle 
uh, in a in a situation like that if they really did not have Wanya Morris. And so that's just it sucks to be in that situation. It feels like 2020 all over again. You know, at the end of the season when the offensive line got jumbled up like that. You hope that's not the case. You hope Wanya is good to go. But yeah, I mean, even even if you say uh Blaine Gabbert. I mean, you know, we saw Chad Henney have to step up in, uh, for the Chiefs in the postseason in the past, and it was good to see him get, you know, not the best game ever, but, uh, you know, a game under his belt in this game, and he did lead that game-winning drive where he kind of tucked it and run a couple times, you know, played conservative, you know, handed the ball off and, and got them in a the field goal position. That was good to see because if he is having to be called up in the postseason – I mean, you don't want him to do much more than that. So, you know, you don't want him to, to try to be a hero. So, yeah, it was good to see him kind of manage the clock. Yeah, he had the, showed off those wheels that you didn't expect to see on that last drive. That was awesome. Uh, you know, one more on the positive side. This is on defense. Cam Jones, who's been, you know, largely a, a special teams contributor, if if active at all, uh, really showed up and, and was all over the field as a linebacker. 12 tackles, 11 of them solo just kept showing up over and over and over again around the ball, right where he needed to be somebody that, that could be some depth for the future and something that's uh, you know, you don't necessarily want that to happen in the playoffs, but it gives you a little bit of hope that there's some, uh, there's some bench strength there. Yeah, no, that was cool to see because he was flying all over the place. All the, all the defensive backs and back back end players were linebackers and DBs, but he, you know, ended up leading the team in tackles. He had the one blitz where, you know, he pressured uh, and 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 kind of forced Stick to come out of the pocket. So um, definitely cool to see him step up because he's been on the 53 all year, you know. So it's someone that they obviously like uh, for the future. So he's someone that maybe next year we're kind of looking at like Leo Chanel as a kind of a, a nice, you know, third or fourth linebacker. You know, you never know. Let's go to our Chiefs. <laughs> You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Wow. I, I don't I don't get this with Chiefs Kingdom. Y'all gotta like y'all so <laughs> spicy, man. Like Kingdom Queens chimed in, in the chat. Y'all can have Tony G. Why did like did he say something? I think he might have said something once and everybody got rubbed the wrong way about him being yeah, because he, I mean, he he claimed the Falcons over the Chiefs when he spent obviously the best years of his career were in Kansas City. <laughs> it's very rare when you can say a player went to Atlanta and like won more. Like they went, like they they got their ring or they got their success. He didn't get a ring, obviously. But he, got, he got their success in, in the like. Uh, I'm like ring chasing Atlanta. Like that's a very new. That's a very new concept. That is true. All right, Chiefs Dolphins wild card weekend, super wild card weekend. I think it's called. We got to stop calling it wild card weekend. Twelve of the fourteen teams are playing. Like it's no longer <laughs> wild card weekend. It's just the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude. First of all, before we get into the you know the game, what is going to be Aaron Ladd's attire for the weather this week? I am dressing like I'm going hoodie and like hurricane pants like i'm not even actually dressing to like look good like 41 <laughs> has like a big red coat what we call it like the, the uh, fire engine red coats with the hat like i'm wearing team issue gear i'm you not ugly, I'm, not up this week. Uh, I'm trying i'm going for maximum warmth here as i mentioned he's not doing it for the gram. absolutely ridiculous i'm not trying to dress for the gram for this one no <laughs> that's hilarious 
I got a lot of messages this week about the Peacock game, man. Yeah. Is that is that the route you're gonna you're gonna have to go? Yeah, I'm about to get my uh $5.99 subscription here pretty soon. But people have to understand this is the new NFL. They're gonna keep doing this and say whatever you want. There's no coincidence of why they picked the Chiefs for this game. It nothing Duh. to do with, but no, but but you know, y'all don't think you I don't think you know what I'm about to say though. Maybe you do. It's the Taylor Swift pack, Taylor Swift factor. I think that's part of it, but I don't think that that's like, okay, so like at a very base level, live sports is the only appointment television that's left. Like everything else is streaming and on demand. Like everything else is basically on a uh, a premium service or whatever. And the NFL is the most premium of the premium live sports packages. Like they are going to start selling these things off one at a time, whether it's Apple TV, whether it's Amazon, like, this is going to continue to happen to your point. I am not surprised they picked the Chiefs at all because they're also the defending champs, Mark. Like they, yes, Taylor Swift is a factor, but like they are the team that, I mean, they don't get flexed out. It, it was extremely rare for them to get flexed out, and it took a terrible New England team for that to even happen. Yeah, 100%. But, you know, obviously, there's a lot of different things that go into it, but. If they wanted to pick like the biggest team brand, they could have did the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a well, bigger brand than the Chiefs. I thought there was like an order. There's like an order in the way these, and there's people but, who do. But I know, like, like I'm not sure how it works because I think like Fox has rights or something to the NFC, or yeah. I, I'm not sh- exactly sure how that works because I just saw Tony Romo and them doing a, a NFC game, the Packers and Bears. That's normally a Fox game, so I don't know what these things mean anymore. I thought Fox was NFC. CBS was ABC. I don't know anymore. <laughs> but yeah, there's a pecking order to that. But I want to fill in our local audience because this is an extremely important company man update for you all. Here from KSHB 41 sports reporter Aaron Ladd. I just want to make sure if you're here in the Kansas City area that you know if you currently get KSHB 41 through your cable provider or some kind of other streaming service, you will be able to watch that game here locally on 41 the normal way you do now if you are out of market if you are mark gunnels living in la if you are somewhere else you will have to use peacock to see the game mark gunnels you have 599 to spare if not ask mav mav has 599 that he can give you because it looked like he just went crazy i'm sure there's some people in the chat that can hook you up with a link i don't want to say what the links are what the sites are because i don't want to get them shut down but i'm sure there's a way you can get a link i went over my cousin's house this past thanksgiving and he had his MacBook hooked up to the HDMI cord to the TV, and it was from one of those links. Those links still work. Well, actually, depending on how I'm feeling, I'm not exactly sure yet. But there's a Chiefs bar out here in L.A. Oh, I've, I've been to a couple of times. Pretty good vibe, man. The people that own it are actually from Kansas City. It's on like Studio City, like the Valley area out here, about 30 minutes away from me. So I may check the game out there. Well, you got to find somewhere warm to watch this one because it might be one of the coldest NFL games ever. Expected to be around zero degrees Fahrenheit with a low. (laughs) West Perry does a lot of great work for 41, and he posted on X Saturday could be the third coldest game in Chiefs history, tailgating at 10 degrees with a wind chill of negative nine, going home with a wind chill of negative 15. It's going to be frigid. And the Dolphins' numbers 
and cold games are, are not good. Two has never won a game uh, below 50 degrees, I believe, was the stat. I know there's some more uh, specific information that digs in, but they are a warm weather team, Mark Gunnels. This yeah. is, is a this is a an environment that benefits the Kansas City Chiefs at home, and this is why you is it pays to have home field advantage in the wild card round. And this is why, for all you people out there, let's get a dome, let's get a retractable roof. Why do we want Mahomes to play in these conditions? He should play. No, he can. He said he's a snow guy. He likes this thing, even though he's from Texas. But another stat, the Miami Dolphins in their last 10 games, 40 or below, they're 0-10. And this is going to be well below 40 degrees. And Well below. Well below. And, <laughs> well. and this is a real thing. You know, I think people may think it's overblown and – you know, these guys are professionals and they're not even from Miami. Like, because everybody on the team is obviously not from Miami. I'm like 95% of them are probably not from Miami, right? But the thing is, and I noticed very well because I moved out here to LA six years ago. When you move to a different climate and you live in that climate, your body adjusts to that climate. So, like, to me, 50 degrees in LA feels cold. But people back at home would be like, oh, you're just being spoiled. You're crazy. I'm telling you, if you live out here, not just visit for a couple of days, because you'd be like, oh, I'm still, feels good. You Trust me, that ocean front, bro, it, it gets cold when it's like 40 degrees at night out here. And that's what I'm saying with Miami. Your body's so used to 70 degrees. I'm looking right now on my phone, Aaron. The temperature right now in Miami. What time is it in Miami? It's 726. It is 75 degrees in Miami right now. We got snow on the ground out here. It's, 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 it's Arctic air coming. 75 Arctic degrees. air coming. Andy Reid was asked on Tuesday from the podium about the, the temperatures and how his team is preparing. This is what he had to say. I think you bank on all that. I, that's where you get into trouble. Uh, the guys are pretty resilient. And uh, so you, you get you get yourself ready and – um, if it works out that way for you or whatever, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, uh, quantify that. Um, you know, so, uh, I just say, get ready for the game. Let, let's do that. I don't really care what goes on out here. Um, you know, we're not having a snowball fight. <laughs> Andy is a no nonsense guy, especially this time of year. You're not going to hear him making any excuses about the weather. Absolutely not. And back to my point as well. Not only is it going to be super cold and Miami's not used to that. They're limping into the playoffs, Aaron. Yeah. They, they've lost their last two games. The first one, blowout fashion, 56-19 at Baltimore. Then you lose the Buffalo with the division on the line. At one point, they had a three-game lead, Aaron, in the division. A three-game lead to go from potentially being the two seed to now the six seed. Now you got to go to Arrowhead in one of the coldest games, like you said, potentially in NFL history. And your quarterback, <laughs> your quarterback, is not known for having the strongest arm. And I, I, I think that matters in elements like this. 
you know, and they're depleted defensively. I mean, they have like five starters that are not or that are out for this game on the defense side of the ball. You know, Tyreek Hill's limping. Waddle didn't play last week. He's expected to play this week, but he's not going to be 100%. Mustard didn't play last week. Not did you say mustard? You uh, called him mustard? I did say mustard, didn't I? <laughs> you called him mustard. Yeah. Mustard. <laughs> <Sir to> Clifton. <laughs> oh, man. That was Raheem mustard. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> You know, when I said it, I was hoping I hoping you, you didn't catch that. I was like, I hope Aaron didn't catch on to that. I hope it just like kind of went by and he's gonna let it go. But Raheem Mustard, yeah, you catch insane. you catch everything, man. Yes, Raheem Mustard has, has been a threat. But look, man, like I, I got the signings here because they did, as you mentioned, they were depleted, went out and made some moves. D Mac even made a joke about it, and said, Hey, they, they got half the old Chiefs D lineman signing Justin Houston. They signed Bruce Irvin as well, Jerome Baker, Cameron Good, Andrew Van Ginkle, all placed on injured reserve today for the Miami Dolphins. They're banged up, and they're a team that really was banking on winning the division. I mean, they were at home in a game that they probably should have won, but Tua didn't show up when the lights were bright, and they gave up a special teams touchdown. It was uh, it was, it was, it was a tough showing for them, but I, I can't count them out. I can't count. I can't count out anybody out again against KC right now. I I, I really can't. Let, let, let's not give our predictions just yet. We we're, we're kind of going slow. I want to speed through a little bit later. Let, we we haven't talked Tyreek yet, uh, who is obviously making his return. But let's put a bow on the injuries with the Tuesday injury report. Remember, this is an early week game on Saturday. It'll be bar- dark Friday, but practicing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for Kansas City. It was Wanye Morris and Justin Ross says do not practices. Wanye is still in the concussion protocol, which is notice is which is noteworthy. Excuse me, because Donovan Smith is now back. He was a limited participant on uh, Tuesday, dealing with the neck issue. I think it's a stinger or like a nerve issue, from what I've heard. Uh, we've seen him practice before, and Pete kind of pointed this out on on X. Let's be patient with him, but this is something that we're going to be monitoring going into this matchup. If Miami has injury concerns on the defensive side, Mark. This left tackle position kind of being in flux headed into this game is, is something to monitor. Yeah, for sure. And, you you know, I don't think Wanya is going to get cleared in time with the game being on Saturday. That's why I was kind of hoping it was a Sunday or Monday game to give him an extra day or two. But if you get Donovan Smith back, your original starter at left tackle, then you're fine. And let's say he doesn't play. I, I still think you can do a little – shuffling there and maybe get away with it this week because we did see like creed play guard in that chargers game and we like we've seen them do some shuffling there's a world where you could put tooney at left tackle he's played there a little bit in spot duty i mean if there's any week where you can get away with it i think it is this week when you got a team that is signing 40 year old edge rushers so i mean i'm just saying so i I don't think it's that dire this week but obviously you would like to have Donovan Smith if you can have him out there so we'll see if he practices throughout the rest of the week because he did practice one day last week the the beginning and then after that he was a no-show so we'll see finally last but not least before we get to Vegas we're having some fun here on our wild card preview episode Tyreek Hill making his first return to GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. This is a game I immediately, when we found out what this was, because it was down to the last game, what the scenarios were going to be. There was even a chance of a tie, possibly. 
But finally, once the dust settled, I posted, we won. And I think we won as like an audience. We won as like a, a football fan perspective. Obviously, I cover the team, but like I still wanted to see this storyline come to life. This is a guy who has a huge personality, larger than life. This was a team that we're going to look back in the history books and say, Mark, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill were on the same team and Patrick Mahomes was their quarterback. Like <laughs> we, we are, we are getting that again. We're getting all the trash talk, the Kansas city, you know, what's and all that it needed to be said. And I don't want to be taken to Joe's barbecue. And he played nice in Germany. I think that that is what I like also about this is that they already played. This isn't his first time playing the chiefs. They already yeah. matched up. Kansas City already faced him, and they they showed him the initial game plan. But now there's the stakes of win or go home. Now there's the stakes of this is your second year in a row where we won a Super Bowl without you last year, and now we're about to possibly send you home again, and you had all that stuff to say after we traded you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, a lot of stake for Tyreek Hill's ego, to say the least. I mean, talk about a long offseason that would be to go 0-2. And then for the second game to be the one to send you home against the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, that would be an ultimate stab at his ego, to say the least. I think a lot would have to be said after that. Uh, but <laughs> I, I see what you did there. Yeah, you like that, don't you? <laughs> but uh, I'm curious to see, uh, speaking of things to be said, I don't think he talked to the media today. I didn't see any quotes or anything. I wonder, will he, like, keep it cool throughout the week? Or will he say some things, the extra bulletin board material? I'm kind of leaning towards the where he's going to actually play a cool this week. I don't see him, like, going out of his body this week. and He didn't really say crazy. much in Germany. He, did, he yeah. didn't really. I mean, of course, he was asked about it. But when Tyreek wants to play the game, he can play the game. And yeah, when he yeah. wants to make waves, he'll make waves. He yeah. knows that anytime he wants to say stuff about the Chiefs, it'll it'll make some noise. He'll say it on a certain platform. But when he wants to just keep it easy and, and let the focus be on the team, he can do that as well. Yeah, and I think a part of it also is a lack of confidence in his team right now. I don't think Tyreek fully maybe believes that they can win this game. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash to book. Restrictions may apply. Hi there, welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with Brad and Rocky. Here we are, it's playoff time. Season's over with, dust has settled. We're now gearing up for the Dolphins at the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium, another home game in the playoffs. Are you excited about this, Rocky? Is that a daft question? Ah, I mean, 
I live for this. I live. <laughs> live I for live playoffs. for playoff football. <laughs> I mean, like I just said, it's all that matters. The season starts today. Are you kidding me? Ah, oh, I, I, I eat, sleep, and breathe playoff football. And my wife and kids, like, God bless them. They're the most patient humans in the world for, for putting up with me during playoff football because it's just a complete one-track one track mind. My kids are like, Daddy? Do you still love us? Are you still paying attention? I'm like, I'm like, son, please. I just need one month. Give me one month, and I'll be the the best father in the world again. No, I'm just. Joking. I'll be the best father. I love in the my world kids. For the next five months, and then it's back yeah. on it again. <laughs> yeah, I'll be for for eleven months out of the year. I'm the father of the year. But give me this one month, man. That's all I ask. You know, I love my wife. I love my kids. My kids are amazing. I try to be the best dad I can. But yeah, I am stoked and fired up for playoff football, baby. It's funny you should say eat, sleep, and drink football because uh, I'm pretty much like that over here. But obviously, with the time zone difference, the sleep, you don't get much of it over here um, because this game is going to be on at 1 a.m. on Sunday morning for me. There's a lot of UK Chiefs fans and a lot of UK Dolphins fans are going to be feeling the feeling the, uh, the, the pinch in this, I think, because, yes, we, we're kind of accustomed to it because a lot of us do set our alarms at 8 o'clock. We, you know, we wake up at one o'clock in the morning and we'll get down and we'll start watching the game and, the, you know, the quietness of the home and trying to suppress all of that cheering and excitement and stuff like that. And especially with a playoff game like this, and especially when it's a, it's the opponents of the Dolphins with Tyreek Hill, the added spice that's going to bring to Arrowhead because he's been talking a lot of smack about the Chiefs in preseason. And he even mentioned, he made a prediction, didn't he? He said, I hate to do it. I'm going to put up the deuces in our head. I hate to do it, but I'm, that's what I'm going to do. And I just feel like if he does do that, I think this just amps up the decibels even more because I think this Chiefs team aren't going to let that let that slide. Oh, no, not at all. You, you think that Steve Spagnuolo is not playing that on repeat in the defensive back room and Dave Merritt on, on repeat in the defensive back room this, this week and they haven't told the Jerry Sneed over and over again that you know Tyreek says that he's going to throw the deuces on you and if there's one player who knows how to cover Tyreek Hill on this team it's Legarius Sneed I mean they they went against each other in practice day in day out for a long time um and so do I think it's going to happen I'm scared that it's going to happen but I'm going to say no I'm going to say the Chiefs shut him down I'm going to say maybe Jalen Waddle's going to get a touchdown, but I think mm-hmm. the Chiefs come out and make a point to shut down Tyreek Hill. Like they have, they, they, like, like, like they said earlier in the year, Dave Merritt said that they, uh, that they get basically tell the Jerry Sneed, like, like, um, this is your taken, like, like assignment where you have to be Liam Neeson on taken, where you just, no matter what, this guy does not, you, you, you're, you're an unstoppable force at stopping this guy, you know? And so they, uh, and so I think that I think that they're going to shut Tyreek down. I think that the Dolphins may scheme up some success in other areas. Um, it doesn't help the Dolphins that they're coming into the playing in the cold in an environment they're not used to playing in. I don't think it's going to stop Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's used to playing in the cold, so it's not going to stop him at all. But the other ancillary pieces to the team, your Tua Tagovailoa's, your Jalen Waddle who is still currently questionable coming back from an injury. Um, I think that they they may struggle a little bit in the cold, which is going to 
which hope Raheem Mostert's also questionable right now. And so I think that 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 may isolate Tyreek Hill and have him try to put too much on his plate and have them try to force the ball to him a little bit, which hopefully then could create a turnover. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs clearly had uh, the Dolphins in the pocket at Frankfurt, but I mean, do you expect them to actually set up a, a similar kind of shop against the Dolphins in this game? Do you, is this this doubling up act that they're going to be doing? Do you think you know? Do you think that's going to be the, the the key thing here, or are they going to try and change things around a little bit just so they're not as predictable? Because clearly the Dolphins are going to be working on something to counter that, aren't they? Tyreek Hill is definitely the guy that they absolutely have to try and get open. But if they can use him a bit more of a, of a decoy, like you said, maybe trying to get Waddle involved if he's if he's playing, if he's fit, but also maybe a, a lesser known wide receiver or their you know their tight end might be a, an option as well. But I I don't know. I think I think you're right. I think the cold weather is going to be playing a big factor with Tua. Um, I think he's going to be using the ground a lot more. I think that's probably going to be the main thing from Tua on this. He's going to be using the, the, his legs a little bit more rather than the passing game, which is that going to be enough? Because this Chiefs defense can still stop you in the run, can't it? Well, yeah, the Chiefs defense can really stop you in the run. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball effectively against us, especially like 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 Devon A-Chain being back healthy. That's a big deal. He's a stud. He's a young stud. Yeah. So the Chiefs have got got to key in on him in the run game or else he, he can, he has a, he's a home run hitter. He can, he can break one off for a long game. Um, I think that in the passing game, you're going to see a lot more of what the chiefs kind of been doing recently with these, these muddy zone coverages, like, like just trying to murk the waters up a little bit where you, you start off on one guy and then you pass them off back into a zone and to try to confuse the quarterback. So he really doesn't know where his hot read is going to be. Um, I think they're going to bracket Tyreek Hill as well. I think they're going to try to switch it up as much as possible to try to just keep keep to, to talk about Loa guessing on where the open guy is going to be. And then with that, I think you know Steve Spagnuolo is going to bring the heat. He's going to mix up his blitz packages. He's gonna he's going to show one guy and then blitz another. He's going to bring somebody out like Trent McDuffie off the edge to blitz to talk about Loa, and he's gonna he's gonna force. Tua Tagovailoa in the cold and, and less than less than perfect conditions to make a quick decision and get the ball out of his hand fast. Otherwise, he's going to light him up. And I think that's going to be the key is that if the Chiefs get home with their pressure, then I don't think the Dolphins stand a chance. And then, I mean, we'll talk about the defense in a second, but the Chiefs, the Chiefs offense operating against this Dolphins defense should be really really easy. Uh, the Dolphins are missing almost every single one of their pass rushers, right? They have, they have Melvin Ingram out there, you know, trying to make a, an impact at this point, but it's the, the chiefs are just, the chiefs should be able to protect Patrick Mahomes in this game. Let's just say that. Yeah, let's hopefully the uh, the tackles are going to be okay as well because <laughs> uh, I think, uh, was it Juwan Taylor would, went down injured before? Um and yeah, he's back. Morris, he came so, back though. Yeah. 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 So Juwan Taylor came back. Wanya Morris is was in concussion protocol. So we'll have to see how that progresses throughout mm-hmm. the week because not having him is going to be a big blow if Donovan Smith is still out as well. Like it looks like he might be. Um, then then you're gonna be you're gonna be looking at, you know, at a Juwan Taylor at left tackle, which you don't you don't want for a playoff push. Um Juwan Taylor did not look 
did not look good at left tackle in the snaps that he played last Sunday. Um, but you know, that's it's, it's, it's going to be on this offensive line to keep Patrick Mahomes upright and they don't. And, and we'll just be honest. Miami dolphins do not have a good pass rush right now. They're so banged up that they, they just don't have the people to try to, to try to come after Patrick Mahomes. This will, however, be another homecoming for another former chief as well with Justin Houston currently being on the Dolphins roster. Yeah, yeah, people seem to forget about him, don't they? He was one of our star players back in the day. And uh, yeah, he seems to be jumping around from team to team at the moment, doesn't he? But um, just going off what you were saying there, the, the, the passing yards against per game, I mean, the Dolphins, they're 15th in the league passing yards against per game. And the Chiefs are fourth. So, um, you know, it's a solid outlook on that, I think. But where this Dolphins team is so... So deadly is, I mean, the total yards per game, they're number one in the league. Passing yards per match, per game, second in the league. And rushing yards per game, sixth in the league. Um, You know, it it is considered to be a high-octane offense. But I still question that because when you look at the schedule that they've gone through this year, I think they've only had, I think they've had wins against two teams that have had a winning record this year. That's not something that you want to be kind of, you know, shouting about a lot, really. I mean, yeah, wins a win and you've got to win those games. And we understand that as, as many people, I can still remember the, the Jets game back in the day when the Chiefs were expected to blow out the Jets and they absolutely destroyed us. And it, it was just devastating. We, you know, there's so much expectation from a, 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 these high octane offenses. And sometimes when it doesn't materialize, you wonder what the hell went wrong. Um, but for the Dolphins only to have two wins against two winning teams it's not something that's really going to be um you know in their favor is it is this no it doesn't inspire confidence in you if you're a uh, if you're a fan of the dolphins and especially the way that they're coming into the playoffs after last week's performance of really just kind of folding under pressure against the buffalo bills you know mm-hmm. and turning the ball over late in the game um they got so, destroyed. They got destroyed by the Ravens as well, didn't they? The previous week. Yeah, yeah, they, they did. And so, the, so if you're a Dolphins fan, you're not feeling great about about the state of your team coming in this game. They're not healthy. They're not playing great football on offense. And the, the trick is, okay, so they're not playing their best football. Don't get cocky, right? Because yeah. all it takes you don't be the get right game, Chiefs, right? So. Uh, <laughs> As long as the Chiefs take care of business and they come out there with the intensity that they have shown over the last few weeks, I think that they'll be fine. Um, but it's the playoffs, like we said, like it's a it's a it's a zero zero season at this point. And you know, if you don't bring your the, the NFL, there's such a small margin of error between the worst team in the league, like even the Carolina Panthers. If you don't come out and play your best football, they're gonna beat you. Right, like, like, like everybody in the NFL is good, even on the worst team. Right, they're all NFL players, and the difference between the best team and the worst team is not nearly as much as people like to act like it is. Okay, let's go with predictions. Wild card. I mean, I've never seen Patrick Mahomes in a wild card before, but here we are, wild card round. I'm going to go with a very tight, close game. I'm going to go with the Dolphins twenty-one, Chiefs twenty-four, and it's going to be. Literally the last kick of the game with Harrison Butker. That's what I'm going for. What about you, Rocky? I'm going for a big Chiefs victory. 
Whoa. I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say the Chiefs are gonna win 35 to 17 with a game ceiling pick six in the fourth quarter. From who? That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna say that it's going to it's going to be I'm you know what? I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna say it with my chest. I'm calling a pick six a pick six. Tutaka Valoa trying to force the ball to Tyreek Hill. And I'm going to say that Justin Reed jumps the route and uh, and intercepts the ball on bracket coverage and returns it for a touchdown. I'm going to say Snead has good coverage. Justin Reed's offering help over the top, jumps the route, picks six, take it back to the house. Chiefs win and move on. Bold prediction from Rocky right there. Yep. Saying it with my chest. I ain't scared. Shoot. <laughs> You think I live scared? No way. I, I, I'll, all day long, baby. This is the playoffs. If, if we're going to be in the game, then might as well act like we're the champs. Yeah, exactly. One thing I will say is is if Tyreek Hill does score the first touchdown, our head's going to get loud and going to get rocking. I'm, I'm just, that's what I'm predicting right there. I think that's the thing that ignites the fuse to get Chiefs fans really, really hyped up to really go, do you know what? You ain't doing that again in our house. Right then. Rocky, again, you've been an absolute superstar. Second week in a row, back to back. <laughs> I tell you, this, unde- this, this undeniable chemistry that we have. <laughs> I mean, if this was on Hinge or Bumble, like I would swipe right on you, my friend. <laughs> you know, like this this chemistry we got, like, I'm sorry. Like if uh if if Tom ever decides to, you know, take his talents to South Beach or something like that and become a Miami Dolphins fan, just you know, Keep keep my number in your phone. You know, just 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 text me. Hey, you up? You know, whatever you want to say. You know, you can always hit me up for a uh, podcast booty call. Well, there's friend. an offer. I'll, I'll always I'll always hop on a plane and come across the pond to be on uh, the Great British Chiefs. All right, it's a it's a playoff edition of when the Chiefs have the ball, and when the Dolphins have the ball. Let's start with the uh, with the Chiefs um, when they have the ball. Look, fellas. I, I'm not even. I'm not even sure who the hell's going to be out on the field for the Dolphins when they play this game. I, I don't even like. I mean, they are so injured. I think Christian Wilkins will be out there. I don't know what linebackers are out there. I'm watching the game, and out of nowhere, somebody breaks a wrist. One of their linebackers last week, Xavier Howard, he's already been ruled out. I mean, they got injuries all over the place. That Van Winkle fella. Whatever I don't even think that I don't even know if that's his name, but that Van Winkle fella, he Ginkle, was in there. Ginkle, man. It's, it's, yeah. They call him Gink. Yeah, Van Ginkle, Van Winkle. I I don't know Ice Ice Cube or Ice or uh, Vanilla Ice, whichever one it is. Um, he was in there for Bradley Chubb and Phillips, and hell, he's out. He's gone. I mean, they just they have so many injuries right now that that the Chiefs have to have to take advantage. Of this, fellas. I mean, they just have to. It just—they're it, 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 so bad. Like a, Justin Houston, right? He's going to get major minutes in this game, and he just arrived yesterday, I think. I mean, it's just—it's—it's—they have got to take advantage of how depleted the Dolphins are. I can't remember a team this kind of banged up heading into a playoff game that had real aspirations. Like you see this sometimes with teams that are just kind of on their last legs. It's like, ah, Steelers got in this year, but they're super banged up. Now the Dolphins as of like three weeks ago, were considered one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. 
And then all of their guys went down. Tyreek Hill gets hurt. Jalen Waddle gets hurt. Raheem Mostert gets hurt. All of their edge rushers have gone down. Their linebackers in general, like they have Duke Riley, who's been a cast off from seemingly every team in the NFL, starting at middle linebacker for them right now. Xavier Howard is now out. I don't know if Javon Holland is going to play in this game. And he's a really important player for them, dude. He's a really good safety. He has not participated in a single practice. He's listed as questionable. Like they are in a really bad spot right now, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The Chiefs have to be able to take advantage of this, man. We have talked so much this year about their offensive tackles not living up to expectations. And it looks like it's going to be Donovan Smith going back out there this week because uh, Wanye Morris is going to be out with the concussion protocol. Dude, if these guys can't hold up against Emmanuel Ogba, Justin Houston, Melvin Ingram, and Bruce Irvin, all of whom I believe are members of the AARP, like this is, whew, this is a bad state of affairs in that scenario. And the crazy part is, sort of, is like they actually defended the Chiefs really, really well in that first game they played. Like they they made it difficult for them. If you look oh. at it, they're like the Chiefs defense got a lot of praise in that game. They scored a touchdown in that game and they held that vaunted Dolphins team that was kind of close to putting up 70 on somebody. But the Dolphins defense was just as good, if not better. They had they gave up less yards than the than the Chiefs did to the Dolphins. They got a turnover in the game as well. Now they didn't they didn't take it back. They sacked, uh, they had sacks in that game, strip fumble in that game. They were really, really good. But hell, half them dudes ain't even gonna be out there. It's when the Dolphins defense was healthy and they had their full arsenal of guys available. It was good. Like it was a good unit this season in the NFL. And you could see like, oh, explosive offense, like pretty testy defense with uh, a good uh, defensive coordinator and good play caller in Vic Fangio. And they just don't have the personnel to do what Vic Fangio wants to do now. Like they just lost too many bodies and it's really crazy how many guys they've lost. But like just going back to their performance against the Chiefs in Germany, like Vic Fangio has got a lot of experience against the Chiefs. Like I think Vic Fangio knows how to slow the Chiefs offense and, and give them some problems just from his years with the Broncos. But I think he simply doesn't have the personnel to win the matchups that they need to win and to do the things that they need to do to Patrick Mahomes and to Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice and Isaiah Pacheco. Like the chiefs have to be able to score in this game. They have to be able to put up some points and, and not make mistakes, not create turnovers. Cause like, even like, I know the dolphins forced a couple turnovers last week against the bills, but that's just cause Josh Allen is going insane and just launching balls into the end zone for no reason. Like, as long as you don't make dumb mistakes, which we've seen this Chiefs team do over and over again, you should be able to win the matchup against this Dolphins defense because they just don't have the guys that can match up with you at this point. And, and Ron, to further illustrate kind of how, like, for people that aren't familiar with the, the Dolphins defense, because they are kind of nameless, faceless for a lot of fans, Javon Holland is, is one of their best players. He's a safety. He played 100% of the snaps the last time that these two teams met. He might not play in this one. Jerome Baker played 100% of the snaps at linebacker last time these two teams yeah. played. He is completely out. Xavier Howard, 100% of the snaps last time. He's a cornerback, one of the better ones in the NFL. He is out officially in this game. Jalen Phillips is out for the season. He played 85% of the snaps last time around. He was one of the better edge rushers in the NFL at the time that he got hurt. Bradley Chubb, we're all familiar with him from his times with Denver. 82% of the snaps last time around, out in this game. And then Andrew Van Ginkle, who was the man that replaced Chubb, 
he played 45% of the snaps last time around. He is out in this game as well. That is right there. Six of their top 12 players from the last time that these two teams met in snap count that are expected to be either out or on the doubtful side of questionable going into this game. So yeah, dude, it is a rough state of affairs. Vic Fangio, if anybody can make it work, it's him. He's one of the best defensive minds in the NFL, but sometimes you get to a place where you just don't have the Jimmys and the Joes and it doesn't matter what you got for the X's and O's. You know, and, and the one thing that jumped out to me going back to that game, what they did, and I'm sure they'll try to do it again, and it kind of kicked things off from what we've seen more this second half of the year, is Vic was able to really – it felt like it was the first game that we we really saw a team just take out Travis Kelsey. And then it almost seemed like it was the blueprint, and we saw teams doing it, and we just saw, all right, we're just going to take Travis Kelsey away. I remember that game, like it was like – they forced a screen to him, and that was like the first time it felt like he had touched the ball. I mean, he had – I know he had under 20 yards in that game. He's in the teens in that game. And and really, to be honest with you, there have been some games where it's been better. But really down the stretch, man, he's been much more closer to the Dolphins game than we saw him against the Chargers, right, where he went crazy for like 12 for 140-something and a touch. Like, the Chiefs need him – to be something close to the great player that we know him to be, in my opinion, for them to have a shot. Like if they have a, if they're going to make a real run, Travis Kelsey has to be close to the great player that we know him to be. Like I'm not saying he's got to be the guy that when he was at his absolute prime, all right, but he's got to be at least a Pro Bowl level guy, and he hasn't been that. I mean, Listen, you talked about it. You said Rasheed Rice had taken over, and I don't think me and Serta agreed yet that he had taken over being the top guy. But you're, what you laid out is fair. I mean, my man hadn't caught a touchdown pass since before Thanksgiving, November 20th to be exact. He hadn't caught a touchdown pass. Hell, he caught what, four or five against the Raiders last year in one game. right? And, and he hasn't gone over 50 yards in a month receiving. Right? Like, so – I. They they gotta they've got and I've said it before it's not just on him because uh, in, in fairness to him there have been games like the Raider game in particular that jumps off where he was he was open and they didn't get it to him or he's been missed or they haven't waited long enough the Bengals game there were openings where they didn't wait there were opportunities to get in the ball but then there's there's moments like that that Patriots game where he dropped a touchdown pass or. He dropped, he dropped balls that were thrown in his hands. They got to have him getting closer to special than to just ordinary. And that's just what he has been if they got a shot. It's my biggest question in this game is what they do with Jalen Ramsey. And is Jalen Ramsey, are they just going to put him on Travis Kelsey and try to just eliminate Travis Kelsey from the game altogether? And that's going to free up Rasheed Rice. Or has Rasheed Rice made enough noise down the stretch here that Vic Fangio says we need Jalen on Rasheed Rice? And is what that going to free do? up Travis Kelsey? Like, I would do what I did Vic, last what would you time. Do? I, I wouldn't like. I, I would shut down. I, I would shut down Kelsey. Yeah, but I, but I, but if I'm Vic, like I'm going to at least try to see can I do what I did the last time to see if that works? Because I don't think he didn't just put Jalen Ramsey on him one on one. He just bracketed and just took him away with other guys. So that's that's what I think I would do. It, it's the classic thing that we used to see with Belichick, right? Where he would take away your number 
two option with his best corner. And then you would take away your number one option with numbers. So what I think they could do is put, probably put Ramsey on Rasheed Rice. Rice and then just have multiple guys responsible for Kelsey on every single play and force somebody other than Rice or Kelsey to beat them. And that's going to be a hard thing for the Chiefs to do because we've seen all year long, like Justin Watson, MVS, they, there's not a lot of guys that you really trust. And Kelsey has had troubles in his career against Vic Fangio. He's a guy that's just given him some issues. When you look back even to his time at Denver, uh, Mahomes, or he's held Kelsey under 45 yards in five of his last seven matchups against him. The Chiefs are 7-0 and against Vic Fangio in those seven games. They found other ways to win, but many of those games were when they had better secondary options than what they have currently. Uh, but when you get to the playoffs, this is Kelsey time, man. You mentioned it, Ron. This this is where he thrives. He's one of the best postseason producers um, and pass catchers in general in the last decade in the NFL. You look at what he's done, man. He's got a touchdown in eight of his last nine postseason games. He's gone for 100 yards or a touchdown in 14 of his last 15 postseason games. The guy is an absolute monster this time of the year. He got that week of rest. I think that's huge for him. I think he was really banged up, and I think that's why he decided not to play and try to get that 16 yards last week. Um, I, I guess the hope is that's enough. Two weeks of resting his body is enough for him to go out there, and for whatever he's got over the next three weeks, he's going to go out there and give it to you. You need 65 yards and a touchdown in this game out of Kelsey. If he can give you that, you feel good about it. Yeah, and and and, and that's just to me low because of the and and how and we'll see how much they're throwing the, the ball, but he's he has got to be clearly one of the impact players out there. And I and I just like I just don't think they can make the run without it. I don't think they can make the run with the Kelsey that's been rolling the last month, where he's in 18 yards or 44 yards as a high or 16 yards, right? And he's throwing helmets and he's pit like he's got to be involved in this thing. Um, and and like I said, I think that. That comes from Andy. That comes from everybody. They've had some time to try to maybe do some things to get him open and available. They've got to do that uh, in this run. All right. I, I do want to throw this out with you to you on this one. We talked about the Dolphins and in this game, and we've talked about you just talked about the secondary weapons that the Chiefs have. And for the Chiefs to make a run, we know that Patrick Mahomes is going to probably have to have a game or multiple games to throw his cape on and have to step up and show, all right, I'm the best player in the world and I'll make up for whatever. You feel like this is a game that he has to throw his cape on? I don't. I think this is the game that you need Isaiah Pacheco to win for you. I I think you need that O-line and Isaiah Pacheco to go to work. I would not be upset if Isaiah Pacheco finishes this game, as long as the the script is there and you're not down by multiple scores at any point. But as long as it doesn't get away from you, Pacheco finishes with 25 touches, I wouldn't be upset, man. He is your best route to winning this game. They are depleted in the middle of their defense. They are depleted at edge rusher. You have an offensive line that, even though I think it's been underwhelming this season, should have a significant advantage against this Dolphins defensive line, especially on the edges. Get him involved in the running game early and often. And then maybe more importantly, Ron, think about the recent Chiefs postseason runs and how much they involved Daryl Williams, Damian Williams, uh, Isaiah Pacheco last year, 
Um, we, we've seen it with Jarek McKinnon. Like every year they have a running back that gets highly involved in the passing game. I, I hope we see more of that with Isaiah Pacheco as well. Just get him involved, easy passes. You're not going to have to deal with any of the risk that's there with those. Those are the kinds of things that can win you this football game. You should be able to win by getting the 24, 27 points in this one. No, I, I, listen, I, I think this should look very similar to the Bengals game that they played two weeks ago. Um, and I and to me, Clyde as well, because of the weather, this is going to be one where you you want to take advantage and 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 I think run the football. I think Clyde's going to be involved in this. But to me, that Bengals game, to the to the points you made, he had 25 touches in that game, seven catches, 18 rushes. He had what 130 something yard, 30 yards and on the ground and and another 30 or 40 on the in the air. Like this to me feels like the game with the weather, with everything's going on, that you lean more towards Pacheco and that offensive line and getting the ball and letting him because because I'm telling you, I I would be shocked if he the way that that cat runs, he's gonna run hard and I think he's gonna keep running hard no matter what the weather is. And at some point, like in that cold weather in the second half, you you ain't you you ain't really wanting to deal with that nut coming at you full speed, knees and 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 shoulders and everything and hair. Like so I, I think I, I think this has got to be more of a Pacheco one. This to me should be one that Patrick Mahomes, like he was against the Bengals. He just he just made simple plays that were there. Oh and just how many times have we talked about this team this season where it's just like if they just wouldn't turn the football over, if they wouldn't hurt themselves, they would win these football games. Like I'm hoping that the Bengals game was the first time that they like committed to it. And that was like our first glimpse of the playoff plan. Like we know we can't just sling it anymore. We know we can't go out there and drop 30 plus points every single week anymore because we're going to, we're going to create mistakes and we're going to put ourselves in bad situations. So we're committing to this and, and barring, you know, getting down significantly right out of the gate or something like that. I do think that's a, exactly what they should do. It should be a ton of Isaiah Pacheco. It should be a lot of Clyde in the mix. Like just run the football, have Mahomes make plays when you need him to make plays and don't turn the football over and settle for six Harrison Butker field goals again, if you have to. And Ron, I think some people will hear what Serta said and they'd be like, well, why didn't we see it earlier then? Why didn't they commit to Isaiah Pacheco earlier this season? And I I think some of that might just be as simple as I think that maybe they were planning to and then he got hurt. Like he played in two games in like the final four weeks, five weeks of the season because of that injury that popped up for him. And so then finally you get him out there against Vegas and that game was wonky and it gets away from you a little bit because of the interceptions. But finally, they get the game scripts that they needed. They go up against an opponent that you can run against in Cincinnati, and you see him with 18 carries and seven targets in that game. I think that needs to be the formula moving forward. Try to get the ball in his hands 20 to 25 times every single game throughout the, from now until the end of the postseason. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. 